Well, happy new year uh, to everybody. It feels like I uh, haven't seen you guys since last year. And uh, so, uh, I mean, that, that joke's been worn out at our house a lot. You know, my kids like dad, enough with the dad jokes. Uh, hope you had a great break, a great holiday. Um, and I, I was sick uh, after Christmas. I uh, was, uh, you know, kind of down for a few days. And then uh, Friday afternoon, uh, I got a case of the Bell's palsy. And um, so it happened Friday, Friday afternoon. And Friday night, I went to the basketball game, watched my daughter cheer, and I uh, was talking to somebody in the stands. And he said, man, what's wrong with your face? And uh, I said, well, I got this Bell's palsy. And man, he just could not make eye contact with me at all. And then finally he said, man, I'm sorry, you are hard to look at. <laughs> and, uh, and my wife said, he's not wrong. And <laughs> so, uh, so we, went to the, we went to the ER and uh, got diagnosed with this. And so, uh, so I didn't have a stroke. Uh, it's just I can't move the right side of my mouth. So uh, he said two to three weeks or four to six months, whoever. So, uh, but Sarah's like, man, this has got to stop, okay? I, I mean, you are hard to look at and even harder to listen to. So, but uh, anyway, so that's kind of what's been going on in our life uh, over the last couple of weeks and over the, over the weekend. So, but uh, as Steve said, uh, we kick off a, a new uh, series this uh, today, and it's called Storyline. And what we're going to do over the next 11 months is uh, we are going to take a bird's eye view, a 35,000 level, foot level view of the Bible and hit these major uh, stories that tell the story of Jesus. And so uh, we have these journals, and you don't um, want to encourage you to take some notes, uh, but uh, don't feel like this uh, journal has to last you all 11 months. We're going to break this series up into three or four parts, and so you'll have a a new journal every, you know, for every part. So uh, write as big as you want. I, I write big to make me feel like I take more notes. So, but, uh, so those are what these are for. So, uh, so let's, let's go ahead. And today what we're going to do is we're just going to set the table uh, for the next 11 months, put some things on the table that we need to consider uh, as we move forward. And so let me, let me start out by asking this. Um, think about your closest friendships, uh, your sweetest relationships that, uh, that you have. And um, how, how did those begin? How did those get started? How did you get so close to, to the other person? You know, maybe it began with, uh, with an event. Maybe it began with a, uh, a shared interest. Maybe it began with uh, an attraction. Um, but uh, the catalyst to all great relationships, the catalyst to all sweet relationships is our words, because it's our words that, uh, that we're able to communicate our feelings, our emotions, our convictions, uh, our beliefs, our thoughts, and the same is true when we dial it into our relationship with God, that it's through our words that we get to have this intimate, uh, personal relationship with our Heavenly Father with, Father, with the creator of the universe, and words are how, how God um, communicates to us, and he communicates to us basically primarily through his word. And the Bible says that we can know the creator of the universe through his word. And so you and I, it, it takes more than just reading it. 
But we have to take it into our hearts. We have to take it into our minds. We have to believe it. Uh, We have to wrestle with it. We have to submit to it. And we have to obey it. And so today's passage, Jesus tells us three things about the Bible. And I just want to give them to you up front. Maybe you can jot them down and we'll unpack them as we go along. But three things that Jesus says about the Bible. Um, That the Bible is the Word of God. The point of the Bible is Jesus, and we're going to see that for the next 11 months, that every story points to Jesus. And third, that the function of the Bible is to transform us. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 5 this morning. Matthew chapter 5. We'll start in Genesis next week, okay, as we really kick off the series. Um, but today, we're just setting the table for, for us. So... Uh, Matthew chapter 5, and let's look at um, the Bible is the Word of God. So the very essence of the Bible, okay, the very nature uh, of the Bible is that uh, it is God's Word to us. So look at, look at verses 17 and 18. Jesus says this. He says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, that I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So when Jesus talks about the law and the prophets, what he's talking about is the Old Testament. Okay, now I think most of us are probably okay. We're dialed in to the New Testament. We don't have very many, uh, very many hangups when it comes to the New Testament. But when it comes to the Old Testament, that's where people can get tricked up. That's where people can have their problems. And so, but what we see here in Matthew chapter five, we see Jesus's attitude towards the Old Testament. Now, when he when he um, when he says the law and the prophets, he's talking about the Old Testament. Now, in, in the King James, if you have a King James translation, um, your translation reads this. It says uh, that Jesus said, not a jot or a tittle will pass away until it's accomplished. Not a jot or a tittle will pass away until it's accomplished. Now, that's a strong statement. Now, a jot, we have to understand what Jesus is talking about. A, a, a jot is the smallest Hebrew letter. Okay, a jot, when Jesus says a jot, he's talking about the smallest Hebrew letter. It would, uh, it would look like a comma to us, okay? That's what it would look like. Uh, a tittle in, in the Hebrew language, it's the smallest part of a letter. It would be like the, uh, the bottom part of, a, of an E, okay? It's the smallest part of a Hebrew letter. Um, and what Je- Jesus is not just saying that every part of the Bible is true, Okay, what he's saying is that every part of the Bible will come true, that every part of the Bible will come true. Every part of the Bible will be accomplished. I mean, it's one thing to say that the Bible is true. Okay, Uh, I think most of us would probably say that. But to say that everything in the Bible will come true, what that means is that this is the way that God is running the universe. To say that everything in the Bible will come true, that is saying that this is the way 
that, that God is running the universe, that, that every promise, every warning, every threat, every blessing will be followed through on. It will be followed through on. And, and every command will be obeyed because one day the Bible says that every knee is going to bow and that every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. That every single letter, every single piece of a letter will come true because it is the word of God. Now, the attitude that Jesus has towards the, towards the Bible is found just about on every page. Consider this. Think about this for a moment, okay? Let's think about one big difference between us and Jesus. When Jesus is dying on the cross, okay, he's experiencing the most outlandish pain that anybody could ever suffer. And he's experiencing this pain. And on the cross, he is quoting scripture. That's how central it is to his life. Now, now think about for a moment when you and I are in pain. Okay, think about what was on your mind or on your heart or maybe even on your lips the last time you stumped your toe in the middle of the night, okay? Or the last time you, you know, hit your thumb with a hammer. What words came out of your mouth? I mean, I'll tell you the words, that, I can't tell you the words that come out of my mouth, actually. And right now, there's no words that really come out very good, you know? Um, you know, fortunately, I can't say my F words very well right now. So, um, but, but, but think about it for a moment. And when we're in pain, instinct takes over. But when Jesus is in pain, what's central to his heart and his mind takes over. That Jesus is in the midst of the worst pain. He's facing the God's wrath. And Jesus is quoting scripture. And what, we're, what we see when we read about the life of Jesus is that he faces every joy, every trial, every temptation, every pain, every heartache, every danger, quoting the word of God. And the scripture was central in the life of Jesus. And you and I, we cannot know Jesus. We cannot follow Jesus. If we do not know the word of God. So we have to ask ourselves. We have to slow down for a moment. What is our view of the Bible? So what is it? I mean, do, do we believe that it is undiluted truth? Do we believe that it's absolute truth without any error? Do we believe that every single part of it is going to come true? And if not, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to show us just how true the Word of God is. And the Bible says that we can have a personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. And it comes through knowing His Word and through faith in Jesus, because the word of God, the Bible is the word of God. Secondly, the, the point of the Bible is Jesus. Look, look back at verse 17. 
He says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. In other words, don't think that I've come to do away with the Old Testament. Anybody ever heard the argument of, oh, that's Old Testament? We're, we're talking New Testament now. That's Old Testament. That doesn't count anymore. It counts. Old Testament is part of the Bible. It's part of the word of God. But Jesus says, I've not come to abolish the, the Old Testament, but I've come to fulfill the Old Testament. See, when, when we first begin reading the Bible, it can be pretty confusing, okay? Uh, it can also be pretty uh, frustrating as well. And it can look like a bunch of different jumbled up stories and a bunch of jumbled up different things, but Jesus says that it's a story with a theme. And the story and the theme is all about him. In Luke chapter 24, it's after the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is walking on the road to Emmaus. He's walking with two of his followers. Um, they don't recognize him. They're kept from recognizing him. And, he, and uh, they're asking him questions. They're telling him about everything that, that happened. And he explains. This is what it says in uh, verse uh, 27. It says, Jesus says to them, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. See, the Bible is about a king who lived here and he went away and he's coming back. And page after page after page is the story of God's loving pursuit of us. Um, our preschool ministry, they use uh, this book called the Jesus Storybook Bible. And if you have uh, young kids at home, or if you would say, you know what, I don't really know very much about the Bible. I don't really know very many Bible stories. I want to encourage you to buy this. You can get it off, you can get it off Amazon, probably about $11 or $15. Um, and this, what, what we love about this book is that it tells all these wonderful stories throughout the whole Bible, and it points every story to Jesus. It shows us how every story points to Jesus. And so we, we read this in, in, in our house with Asher, and we've read it to the kids, but, but every time I read it, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I've never considered that. Oh, I never thought about that. Oh, I've never seen that story this way. So I want to encourage you to get that. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien, um, maybe some of you are a fan of his works. Uh, he's the author of The Lord of the Rings. He's the author, he wrote the books, he didn't direct the movies, okay? There's a difference. Um, but he's the author of The Lord of the Rings, and this is what he said about the gospel. He was a strong believer in Jesus Christ. He says about the gospel, he said, it's the one story that's behind every story we've ever loved. It's the one story that's behind every story every other story that we've ever loved. It's the one true story. It's the one true story that we can actually become a part of. I mean, think about your favorite stories um, or your favorite movies. We can't really become a part of those, right? Well, I mean, as much as we may love and uh, the movie, you know, Top Gun Maverick, we can't become a part of that, right? I mean, we, we just can't. Maybe, maybe, maybe you, you know, your, uh, you know your, your favorite story is uh, 
Sleeping Beauty or Beauty and the Beast. We, we can't really become a part of that story or that movie. We can experience the emotions of the story. We can experience the emotions and the excitement of the battle scenes, but we really can't become a part of the movie or the story. We're only a part of the audience. We're only the reader of the story. We can't become a part of the story, but the gospel is the only story that you and I can become a part of, and that's why it's called the great adventure. See, you and I, when we put our faith in Jesus, we become part of the story. We become an active part of the story. That, that every time we invest our, our, our time or our talents or our financial resources, we become a part of somebody else hearing the one great story and them also becoming a part of the story. When we give our money to camp, to send teenagers and kids to camp, we become a part of the great story of them hearing the one true story and becoming the great, a part of the great story. And when we, when we, you know, those volunteers that right now are in the kids ministry, they're an active part of the great story. When you and I go about our week and our jobs and, and we do a great job and we do it with excellence and we take care of our customers and we provide them great customer care and a great product at a fair price, making a fair profit, we're becoming a part of the great story. It's the, the gospel is the only story that impacts us and that invites us to become part of its story. And with the gospel, Jesus is the hero of the story. And he's the hero that every other hero in every other story points to. The Bible points to Jesus. And last, the function of the Bible is to transform us. It's to transform us. See, it's not enough for us just to say, well, I believe that the Bible is the word of God and, and I see that the Bible is all about Jesus. That's just not enough. Look at verse 19. It says, therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices, okay, in other words, lives these commands out, whoever teaches these commands, would be called great in the kingdom of heaven. See, we need to search the scriptures and we need to allow the scriptures to search us. See, searching, it takes time. Searching means that we have to slow down. Searching means that we have to focus on the word of God. Searching means we have to do self-evaluation. Searching means we have to critically think and critically engage the Bible. See, our, 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 so the question is, are we searching the scripture? Does it, does it have intellectual authority in our lives? Does it have relational authority in our lives? Does, does it have authority over the decisions and the way that we live our lives? Does it? And, and, and if not, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to, to show us. But do we allow the scriptures to speak to us? 
Do we allow the scriptures to search us? Do we allow the scriptures to, to confront us? Do we allow the scriptures to disagree with us? And to take those disagreements to him. Now, I, I want to close our time out with some real practical things that we're going to, um, that I want to encourage us with as we go into this new series in this new year. Okay, three practical things that, um, that we're going to pray, we're going to read, and we're going to ask. Would you just do that with me? We're going to pray, just kind of do these hands and signal. I, I know it's elementary, but maybe we'll remember this, okay? We're going to pray, we're going to read, we're going to ask. Okay, one more time. Pray. Oh my gosh, you guys are great. I mean, speech impediment or not, you guys are with me. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, by the way, uh, with this morning. Um, but uh, the first one is pray. And, uh, and what, we're gonna, what I want to encourage you to do is when you sit down to read the scriptures, that, that you would pray, that you would ask the Holy Spirit to show you and give you understanding to what you're reading. Um, let me put it to you this way. Have you ever been asked to do something by a friend or a family member and, and, and that it's something that you love doing anyway? It's not even work. It's like, oh, you know, they ask you, hey, would you do this for me? And you're like, of course I'd do that for you. Well, I don't want to put you out. I don't want to. No, 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 no. It's no trouble at all. I love doing this, whatever it is. Maybe it's a, a project around the house. Maybe it's help with something else at work or or, or give them a ride, or, or whatever it is, but they ask you to do it, and they think, oh, you're, you know, they're putting you out, but you're like, no, I love doing these things. Have you ever had one of those in, you know, appointments? Anybody ask you to do something you love to do? Okay, one of you. Thank you. Um, remind me never to ask you guys to do anything. Um, but no, I think we all have. Somebody asked you to do, and, and it's no problem at all. You love to do these things. That's the way the Holy Spirit is. When we ask the Holy Spirit to, to show us, give us understanding, the Holy Spirit is like, yes, yes, I'll do that. That's one of my main jobs here in your life is to show you what the scriptures mean. The Holy Spirit gets, gets really excited about that kind of prayer. So the first thing I wanna encourage us to do is what? Pray. Second thing is read. To read the word of God consistently, consistently. And remember that it's about quality, not quantity. And I think when we talk about reading the scriptures, you know, we immediately say, oh man, you know, preacher, I don't have 30 minutes a day. You know what? I'll tell you what, there's not one verse in here that says it has to be 30 minutes a day. There's not one verse in here that even says it has to be every day. But the, the, but the idea is that it would be consistent. And that as we read it consistently, that we would have a plan. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But we would have a plan, but we would also look for the different names and characteristics of God and maybe circle those. Circle names and characteristics like peace and joy and faithfulness and, um, you know, strength. And to look back over the words that you circled and say, oh, God, I need you to be this in my life today. To maybe underline or highlight some some promises of God or some commands of God to maybe look for some habits to include in our lives and some sins to avoid in our lives. But to have a plan. Uh, a plan that I want to encourage you with is called the Bible Recap Podcast. 
And I think we have a slide of that back there, Michael. It's the Bible Recap Podcast. And it's a one-year reading plan, but here's the deal. I don't, I can't read, I can't go through the Bible in a year, okay? And I know some of you can, and some of you posted about it, and you're an overachiever super Christian, and that's awesome. Uh, no, it really is. It really is. I, I, I just, my schedule doesn't, you know, I, I can come up with every excuse in the world. I just know I'm not going to do it. Because I've, I've committed to do that at times, and I, and I never get past Leviticus, all right? And, and then I miss a few days, and I feel so far behind, and I feel like a failure, and, uh, and then I just give up. And then I, but I, now, I've read the Bible through, okay? I don't want you to think, you know, I just can't do it in a year. Um, but, but pick a plan. Here's a one-year plan, but that, that, that we, that I've started, but instead of a one-year plan, I'm going to make it a three-year plan. Well, can you do that? I mean, there's not a verse that says I can't. And so here's what this, it's a one-year reading plan. I'm, 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 I'm doing it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And what, what it does is you, you can download this podcast. You read the scripture for the day. Like the other day, it was Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And you read that, and then you go and you listen to the podcast, and it's a six-minute podcast. Now, the first one's 10 minutes because she's doing some intro stuff, but it's six minutes. And if, what I found, I can listen to it on 1.5 and turn it into four minutes and 25 seconds. I mean, I'm the king of cheats. I think we all have six minutes. But, but don't listen to the podcast until after you read it because what she does, and she does it so great, is she explains to us what we just read. What we just read. And, and she pulls out things that I have never thought about, never heard of. And so I want to encourage you, choose a plan. And you may be a one year, and that's great, okay? You may be two, it may take you two years, it may take you three years, it may take you five years. The point is it doesn't matter, but have a plan. Okay, have a plan. So, so first thing we're going to do is what? Second thing we're going to do is read. And by the way, reading, I want to encourage you to read a Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, we've, uh, we've got, we chose some Bibles that we like. To, they're, they're put together well. Some of them are large print, some of them are not. You can buy them. Buy one for $25. You, if you, don't, you just sign up today. Hey, I want a Bible. We're going to get your name printed on it, and we'll have it for you next week. Uh, if you don't have to pay for it today. You may not come ready to pay for it today. You can pay for it later. But at least tell us so we can get those ordered and get your name on it. You may not be able to afford $25. That's fine. Just sign up, get a Bible. We want you to have a Bible. I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles on, on, on Sunday so you can make notes and highlight and underline or you have something to read. And, I, and I'm not a, it can't be digital. You know, it, it can be. But, but to me, there's just something about seeing my notes to remind me of what God has done in my life. So I want to encourage you to do that. We have about four or five Bibles you can choose from. If you don't like any of that, you can get them on Amazon or whatever. But, um, but anyway, we'll, we'll have your name on. We'll have those ready for you next week. So I want to encourage you to do that. So first thing we're going to do is, second thing we're going to do is, and then we're going to ask. Find yourself some people to be able to ask your questions. Because there's questions. I've got a small group of people I ask, I ask my questions to. And, and when I'm struggling, when I'm like, oh, man, that's a hard command to live out. Man, I, I, I tell that to these people so that they can encourage me. Or when I start to struggle with fear, they, they remind me of the word of God. 
So that can be one of our home groups that we meet. If you want to be a part of a home group, Thomas would love to set you up in one. Um, or it could be, hey, find two or three coworkers, two or three friends, classmates, and just begin to meet on a regular basis to ask your questions. So as the band comes, to, and we're going to take communion here in just a moment, I just want to close with this thought as we prepare. Um, one of the things that we have to learn this year is we have to stop believing everything we think and everything we feel. We have to stop believing everything we think and everything we feel. We have to stop valuing our thoughts over the thoughts of God. We have to stop valuing our way of doing things over God's way. And as we read the Bible consistently, God will show us that. Isaiah 55 says this, God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God will show us who he is and what he can do when we read his word.